I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast. If you're not familiar, it's the second Frasier podcast of its kind. I'm not going to tell you what the first one is. Uh, and as always, I uh, always have a special guest, and today is no different. Today we have comedian and one of my favorite tweeters, Abby Crutchfield. Abby, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thanks, Anita. Great to be here. I'm excited to be a part of a Frasier fan podcast. It's always exciting uh when I don't have to stalk people and, and ask them based on their, because usually a, a lot of the time it's, I've done some weird research and then reach out and go, do you like my podcast? But I believe you had expressed interest How did to you me. find that? Oh, so I just heard that you do a Frasier podcast yeah. and then I reached out to you because I, I need someone yeah. to talk with about it. Right. And those are my favorite kinds of people. Yeah. Because I know you're the real deal. We're out there. All right. People yes. that enjoy a program like binge watching it and Absolutely. then come back to it for fun. It's such a weird concept because I think storytellers work so hard to arc a whole season and stuff. Yeah. And then they think, okay, let's let's close that chapter and good work everybody and they pat themselves on the back. But now with the advent of binge watching, mm -hmm. it's more like just going to your favorite storybook as a kid. Right. Well, and what's also nice about a show like this and 
which I don't really think exists anymore, especially with like Netflix original series is, is it's like one season is, you know, 10 episodes, maybe eight. Oh, true. I didn't notice that. But Frasier is so it's long. Not, yeah, it's not 22. Or is it? A lot. I mean, from what I've seen, a lot of like Netflix or streaming shows mm-hmm. are not like original streaming shows are not like 22 episodes. Weird. I mean, I should know how this works, but is it because it's a 45 minute show? I, with commercials or no? That's a really good question. I've never paid attention to how long these last. I mean, anything that I see that's 20 episodes plus, mm-hmm. from what I've noticed and from my knowledge only of what I watch, ha- have come from television. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's like a contractual thing and it's, I don't know if there's certain... Right. I know that they can go into syndication if they last five seasons or 100 episodes, whichever comes first. Oh, interesting. So divide that, five, you know, 100 by five, what is, or what is that, in somewhere in the 20s? Perhaps. <laughs> I don't know much. Um, I'm a wordsmith. I am not a mathsmith. Uh, that's fine. I'm definitely not a mathsmith. Anyway, I should have done all my research on television. Uh, yeah, everyone has to know everything thing. about the history of television before anyway, you come on here. Anyway, my point is, no, I don't even know what my point was. Go on. Well, my obvious, my most important question is, well, I'm curious, how did you get into Frasier. What's your history? I wish I could remember why I started watching it. Uh, Here's why I think I started watching it, which was over a year ago, I wanted to watch it top to bottom Mm -hmm. because I I knew I watched Cheers growing up and I think Mm -hmm. I I started, I noticed that Cheers was available streaming and I couldn't get into it. And then I thought, and then I thought, and they made a spinoff show, Mm -hmm. like based on one character. And he was not someone I noticed as a kid watching Cheers. I think I watched Cheers as a kid for Carla and definitely Sam and Diane and, right, and Sam right. and Christy Alley's character's name. Rebecca? Perhaps. Who cares? I didn't watch it. All right, fine. Yeah. I'm not I'm not crapping on Cheers at all. It's a classic for a reason, but it, it didn't tickle my funny bone. And right. so out of curiosity, I just went through like Taxi and other old shows and saw like even Who's the Boss and tried to mm-hmm. see like what I liked about them. Mm-hmm. So Frasier, I didn't have high hopes for. I thought, okay, let's see how dated this show is. And probably from the first episode, I was laughing. Yeah. And I noticed it was really sharp with the jokes. And mm-hmm. also the characters were so well defined. I just kept wanting to learn more about them. Yeah. And you start to study like how their characters what kind of arc their characters have like how they grow yeah I um so this feels like a very good place to tell you that less than a week ago I went to see they're doing like a reboot of Inside the Actors Studio mm-hmm. n- not with James Lipton he is apparently 93 years old which wow. I did not know very cool so there's a bit of a reboot with like like different hosts coming in so Kels I went to a taping last week where Kelsey oh, yes. Grammer hosted and he interviewed James Burroughs who directed a bunch of episodes of Cheers cool. Taxi mm-hmm. Frasier every episode of Will and Grace he's directed nice. every episode of Will and Grace Friends uh, so he's done wow. a lot of he's sick- a busy man he's like pretty legendary um and he was talking about you know why Cheers is so legendary and why the pilot is so beloved (laughs) did you fall asleep during that part I didn't but (laughs) I watched the pilot and I watched a few episodes that were Frasier specific Uh my thing that I think is hard for me to get past is it's very like I feel like bro-y is the wrong word Mm -hmm. but it feels like to me it's a lot of Martins in mm-hmm. the show. It's, so it's like, like a, a guys guys. It's a guys guys bar with lots of guys guys. And then right. and then you have Frasier which to me is like flipping that around and you only have one norm mm-hmm. per se mm-hmm. which is 
Fraser's dad, Martin, mm -hmm. and everything. And it's like you're just going completely into his world versus Fraser on the outside, yeah, looking into a right a I, boys yeah. sports bar. Well, Fraser as like the 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 yuppie is yeah. funny and a cheers setting, mm -hmm. so you wouldn't necessarily think it could work on its own. But right. you just really want to see him nerd out over stuff. It's just a fully different. I was just universe. watching a Christmas episode today, and Niles was so distracted he didn't notice uh, the layout of Fraser's village. Fraser was like, would you check out how I put out my little Christmas village? And Niles was like, I don't have time for that. And then at the end, Fraser snaps at him. He's like, you didn't even look at my village. And he goes, because it was so poorly laid out. Like they just compete with how how uh, perfectionist they can both be. And like who in the world cares about you know, figurines besides, you know, little old ladies in the Midwest. So it's I, just so funny. I just, I love their competition. I did a full episode about their rivalry because there's some great episodes where it's nice. them just fighting or like they tried to write a book together. And I like when they get together though, actually, like the Crane Brothers. Oh, the Crane Brothers. It's funny to see them one up each other, but it's also funny to see them like build on each Yes, and sure. each other, you know, like, oh, we should definitely check this out. Yes, and then get a parade for ourselves. They're like, well, who would we be to deny the parade? You know, they're so silly. Totally. I, so... This seems like a good place. I want to ask you what your favorite episode is because sure. this is a perhaps a controversial episode. Today's topic, we're going to talk about worst episodes of Frasier. Yeah, the ones we don't care for. That's right. The ones we slog through or, hey, skip over. And before, you know, if anyone's feeling offended, the reason I decided to go with this topic because I was a bit hesitant. I was afraid. Who knows? Am I going to gain some enemies from doing this? But I posted <laughs> in a Frasier fan group what is your least favorite episode and got hundreds of responses from right. people. The more people love something, the harder they hate the things that fall short of the goals. That's right. Um, I want to finish this thought because oh, I was thinking while we were talking that I jumped into season four when I first gave Frasier a try. So he had already cut his hair oh, and good. they were all, everybody's, you know, chemistry was They're perfect. Groove. So I was curious about how did this start and I wasn't disappointed. Like, you know, just to yeah. see the build up towards it. Yeah, and, and I... I don't know. I guess I'm tr I feel like I started pretty early watching the show. Like you didn't feel lost or anything, right, right? Right. In season four, because things don't really pick up, if that makes sense, until like, have you you've seen the full show? Yes, no? but I'm now watching it for the second time, top to bottom. Okay. And I'm I just passed Niles's uh, heart condition. They're in the Christmas episode. So I know I don't know how many how many remain. Right. So there's still the there's still like three seasons left, possibly, because they okay. get together at the end of season seven. But um, OK, good. I, so I'm, I'm maybe I'm in season eight or end of seven or something. As no, long I'm in eight. as long as you start before season seven, I, I don't think there's much to catch up on. OK, there's like, you know, Niles is constantly going back and forth with with Maris. I feel like that's mm -hmm. the only real thing that happens. Okay. Frazier has yeah, plenty of mishaps with women. Which that was such a fun thing to see Niles as like the henpecked husband, but also kind of emasculated because he didn't have his own money. But then he yeah. comes into his own and he gets empowered. And it's so fun to see David Hyde Pierce play that version of Niles, too. He blossoms. But yeah, he does. It is, and it's you're rooting for him. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting to also just see, like, also seeing him not no longer be a person with, like, a secret crush. That's, like, right. such a big part and of really the show. And you really think, I would have guessed that that would wear thin. The will they, won't they. I, got, I lost interest with Jim and Pam. And thank goodness they got together because I was going to just give quick. up on them. Um, yeah. But... Uh, and that was quick. Yeah. But with Niles, like, carried it out, I think, what, three, four seasons? Seven seasons. It took them all the way to season seven? And he liked her in season one? 
Yeah. Wow. Like from so the yeah, first they played that very well. Episode. Oh, I was so impressed. But like spinning tops, they came close and then yeah. they spin away. So oh I, yeah, no. Well, they won't. They and it was just it was so fun to watch. I don't know any shows that can really do that anymore. Also, I don't know any shows that last that long anymore. But there's that too. Yeah, it's harder to do, and I'm sure that's hard for the writers, but also the actors who want to see where things go. But sure. They're, you know, you're cut off at the knees when a network decides you're not getting the ratings they want. I don't know if you ever watched The X Files. I tried to watch that the same way. I didn't see it when it was on TV because it scared me. I was yeah, too young. Yeah. And then I checked into it and I thought it was really interesting, but I still, I'm a little too scared to watch it all the way through. <laughs> and I, I get that. I, I think there are two different kinds of people in terms of scary stuff. I do love scary stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about me, but I do. I, I love a horror movie. I love a sci-fi. And so I was really into that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people that to me, are more in the norm that are like, oh, yeah, that is obviously a scary thing. Why? It's, it's like, why do you want to be scared? Yeah, I don't – It's uh, some people can remember that it's fake and yeah. just live in that false world and be like, no, this is not real, so I'm, nothing's going to get me. But other people get absolutely absorbed. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they just – like all your your body's reacting as if you're get, there's a ghost on the other side of your door. I mean, so, yeah. I won't ruin it for you, but I will just say that there's some – incredible chemistry between Fox and Mulder. Well, that's what I did appreciate as an adult. I, yeah. I never picked up on that as a kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so they may as well have been brother and sister. I didn't care about them. I just cared oh. about the monster of the week. Okay. But now as an adult, I watch it and I'm like, wow, they're really good together. They were so... I, I'm the same way. Like, if I've, I've watched it more recently, I'm like, there is some sexy, just underneath things going on mm-hmm, between mm-hmm, the two mm-hmm. of them. Um but before we move into our topic, uh, I am curious. Do you have it? You don't even have to pick a number one. One of your favorite episodes. That's so hard. I guess since I mentioned the Crane Boys and I just watched it recently, I will say that one of my favorite episodes, I love any episode with a comedy of errors mm. uh, where like mistaken identity or what's happening here. Farce. Yeah. So when, so I loved that uh, they were digging through the floorboards of their old house because they were trying to solve the murder that they thought was committed by the old landlord. Right. And they found But the skull. whole episode opens with them playing with a skull right. as kids yes. having lived in that house earlier so the i love that the audience is in on it like when are they going to figure out that there is no murder and the crane boys and that's why it becomes funnier because they keep doubling down on being convinced that they've solved this murder mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah, yeah and and even they kind of teeter towards like oh we're idiots what are we doing here and you think okay the jig is up as the audience but then they're like you know that guy could have done it it was this guy you know so they just <laughs> dig right back into the mystery so it's super fun do they end up sending that guy to prison no they end oh. up all right, that's Being, good. You know, I think someone brings the truth to them, like either the landlord or their dad or somebody says, like, you guys always used to play oh, Shakespeare. Or they, they maybe they stumble upon it themselves when they find the playbills. But either way, they <laughs> it's just the right timing of realizing, like, we've made a huge right. mistake. Because I liked that episode, but for some reason, I haven't seen it in a while. And I was like, wait, does it end with him getting arrested? There are some people. That, there's like a dinner party one where I think. Uh, there's multiple. There's, any there's a dinner party one where someone thinks that Niles has committed a murder because there's oh. like a bloated seal on the back. The seal who came to dinner. <laughs> I did a full uh, episode of this podcast about best dinner party episodes. Oh, cool. And I don't even remember all of them. That's way up there. But but um, one moment I remember I like as far as best episodes go is when Niles is trying to win Maris back, but she's uh, already seeing Dr. Shankman, I believe Dr. Shankman, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so he sneaks into a room that Dr. Shankman's already prepared, and they're both waiting for Maris. So he keeps walking in, mm-hmm. spreading roses, rose petals. Shankman comes in, spreads right. perfume. You know, like it's just they it's, keep taking turns. Yeah. It's like, just like a play. The, 
Exactly. That's what's so fun about that show. E- even with like the little title cards between mm-hmm. each thing. Oh, I didn't think about the title cards. Yeah. It's very play-like. Sometimes I don't even get the title cards. Honestly, <laughs> I try and I just don't get them. <laughs> I know me neither. I don't think I actually get them either. Yeah. They just feel classy. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're fun. They're a fun vignette. It's a way to divide the show. Um, so. So yeah, I like stuff like that. Crane Boy's Mystery. Boom. That's my favorite. Crane Boy's Mystery. Um, so, uh, I, uh, we had been emailing before the recording of this episode because I was curious to see what some of your picks were for episodes you're not a fan of. Mm -hmm. So, um, the first one you sent me and I, it's fun because also I like when people don't send me the title because I like to figure out if I can figure out which episode it is. Mm. It's, it's quite easy. But so you sent me the one where the shock jocks prank him. I knew exactly what you're talking What's about. What's it called? It's called Radio Wars. Ah. So this episode <laughs> uh, uh, it stars uh, obviously Frasier and these two young like fratty like guys who have a show called Carlos and the Chicken. Yeah, who are, I even hate that. Of course, Carlos <laughs> and the chicken. Um, so uh, yeah, and then they keep calling him and pranking him. Uh, so I'm curious, what didn't you like about this episode? Okay, what I don't like about it, and, and this is a common theme in the episodes I don't care for, is when someone else gets the upper hand on Frasier. Mm. I don't like Bulldog. Everybody mm. thinking that he's funnier than Frasier. Yeah. Now the actor that plays him, I think, is very talented, and I don't want to disparage any of the actors, but the characters that they had to inhabit. Are are not my favorite. Sure. Like, uh, I said his ex-girlfriend, Gene Smart's character that he ends up reconnecting with, and then her son. Oh, my gosh. I Lorna. I stand them. L- oh. Lorna or what's his Lorna face? Lorna and Kirby. Kirby. Oh, so annoying. It was like, it was the equivalent of a sitcom bringing in like a puppy to make people laugh or a little kid. I agree to with To be you. precocious. I just thought, ugh, give me the sophisticated adults, please. But um, but back to Carlos and the Chicken, um, I, I wanted him to get them back. Mm-hmm sooner i think i can't remember if he ends up doing it he does in so what's interesting is there are uh what i love about fraser not even i think this is something you notice when you've watched it as many times as i have there is another episode where he he also gets pranked but it's by bulldog mm-hmm. and both times he tries to get them back and it, it in a way backfires this time he does kind of qu- win he writes a speech uh-huh. to like uh sort of like you know show off and they carlos and the chicken end up getting in a fight yeah, they fight within each other and that's similar to another episode where he's got these um young students that want to interview him for their radio show uh, yes and they have the upper hand for a while but then kirby the one I supposedly don't like. He saves the day by giving him dirt on the young students and then they turn on each other. Yeah. So that's like, a, yeah, a similar way to resolve it. I guess if you're writing for TV, these are good episodes to learn like how the conflict gets resolved. I think now just thinking back to, this wasn't necessarily a prank episode, but one of my favorite episodes um, was with um, Christine Baranski and she plays, was it Dr. Laura? Oh, no, I hated Doc- her too. Dr. Nora. Dr. Nora. He ends up getting her back in a way he doesn't expect, which is, exactly. or no, he tries to bring her mother. Now that I thought was funny. Oh, that was so funny. He, the way he wanted to resolve it, it didn't work out. Right. Exactly. Every other way he's got a plan and it ends up playing to his strengths. Um, but, but yeah, that one was a fun like turn yeah, yeah, and yeah. surprise. And it, and it kind of adds insight into Christine Bransky's character. But let me say this real quick. Um, yes. 
about, oh, here's what I don't like about those. They're like a pylon. So then Roz and Martin and Daphne mm-hmm. all want to laugh at Fraser. Right. A- instead of like being there for him. Sure. And I get that because he can't, it's hard for him to laugh at himself sometimes. And mm-hmm. so that makes it fun. But I just like when they're with him, not against him. Okay. Niles can be against him. It's fine. But when everybody else is. All right. So your thing is, it's kind of like, yeah, he doesn't have anyone really on his side. Yeah. Same with the bulldog prank. Yeah. Bulldog. Yeah. You know, you know, I actually just saw that actor whose name I can't remember. I just watched a show called The Mist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Netflix. Don't spoil it if it's a thriller. It's a it's based on a Stephen King novel Ooh. and it's 10 episodes and it's about a mist that comes into town <laughs> it's and like- it's a scary mist. And I didn't realize until I looked closer that Bulldog is in it playing a priest. Neat. He's got a beard. It was very oh, he has a beard. Too. Yeah. It was is very- his hair long? No, okay. he's bald and he's got a white beard. And oh. it was very jarring not to see him as Bulldog, just to think, oh, he's got range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard, I think uh, Kelsey Grammer said in some kind of, uh, they did it on YouTube, there was like a best of celebration. So I think, oh. um, gosh, what is his name? Uh, anyway, the guy he had Pink Eye during the Olympics. Oh, Bob Costas. So Bob Costas <laughs> led, conducted this interview and they were talking. Kelsey Grammer said that he and the actor that played Bulldog came up together. like in Oh, 20s. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Did you know when you type in Bob Costas, it finishes the thought? It's pink eye. Had pink eye at the Olympics. Bob Costas, pink eye, and I <laughs> honestly feel for him, but it was one of the funniest things that ever happened. <laughs> now, you brought up a great episode to dislike that I hadn't thought of in so long, which was from your email, the one where Zoe Deschanel is Roz's niece in town. Why does she make out with Kenny? Great question. So many whys this, in that episode. This episode's called Kissing Cousin. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Please uh, enlighten me. What's 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 do you dislike? So she's the focal point of the entire episode. She's in every scene, mm-hmm. and it drives me nuts. She's in maybe you know eighty percent of the scenes, and she is elitist, topping their elitism. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "That's so lame. That's so you know, I'm over that." And she gets, talks like that. Yeah, too. <laughs> and he, yeah, that's annoying too. He gets in. He gets um, irritated by it, which is funny. It's a little taste of his own medicine, which mm-hmm. I get why that's funny. But the other side game that I enjoyed more is that she looks up to Roz. Mm-hmm. And so even though she's looking down on Fraser and everything about their culture, Roz is the only thing cool to her. Right. So I like that, that it gave it some kind of balance. And also Roz wants to stay cool to her. So she goes out every night drinking with this young cousin and can't keep up. Like Roz is just exhausted. So yeah, yeah. So I didn't, that part's fun. I didn't realize this is in a, in a later season. This yeah. is season 10. So I feel like they could have made the whole show about that. But instead they have this weird side plot where she connects with Kenny just by putting him down. And he puts himself down too. But he's separated from his wife. Yeah. And so just it just cuts to them making out in his office. Ew. Just I, because they agreed on travel or something. I must have blocked that out. Also, do you know how old she's like she's pretty young? I know. Right? And he's and there's nothing no. in his character. There's nothing desirable about him. There isn't, which actually brings up there is an episode where he is contemplating cheating on his wife. <laughs> right. Do you remember Played by Ileana Douglas? Right. Yes. I love her. Uh yeah. And that's uh, the same thing. I was like, wait. Kenny? Right. Have, has there ever been a moment where, you, like, to me, Kenny is the bumbling idiot character, would mm-hmm. you say? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, where where is this situation where <sighs> Zoe Deschanel and other women, yeah, uh, not including his wife. <laughs> not only his wife who wants him back. Yeah. yeah I, it's, yeah, it's a head scratcher. And I mean, it's very typical of the era. You know, a king of queens had, you know, physically mismatched partners, but oh also God. I thought they were emotionally mismatched. So it's like... Uh, don't get just, me started on Kevin James 
You know, I started a petition once. Um, it got 56 signatures. Uh, and it was when Kevin Can Wait got cast, which is another Right, song. and they cast a wife that was so much She was hot. No, I shouldn't say hot. Just a, an attractive younger woman. Mm-hmm. And she was also in a show that I really liked on Adult Swim called Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name, but I started a petition that was like, please stop casting like, two like really hot women to play Kevin James's wife and then that actress whose name I can't remember was really funny she saw my petition and responded and was she said something to the effect of like hey it's a paycheck and I was like touche then they killed her off oh oh. did you know they killed her off she was she was worried that she was gonna lose her job and you made her lose her job no Wow. I didn't. She was on for two seasons. No, this is something. No, I think it's a. Uh, it's definitely an issue. I I care more about mismatched ages in television. Mm. How men can just be as old as sin, and of then course. have women that should be in real life their granddaughters, but they're playing their wives. It's crazy. There's ageism because it's not just like saying that these men couldn't attract a woman like that, but it's saying that women of his age aren't worthy to be seen on TV. And yep. it's like, excuse me. Similar with body types, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there's been some, like, physical matching with Roseanne and uh, Mike and Molly and, and you know, and I don't, maybe everybody loves Raymond. I think he and his wife look yeah. like they kept the same physical routine. So there's sure. that. It's not like couples have to match, but you want it to be... Uh, I guess more believable of they share the same lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They met around the same time in their life, whether it was right. school or in real life. You know that, that I think that's why it's such an affront to your psyche to see someone that's a little off, especially if it's not even talked about. Oh, like absolutely. there's no jokes about it, and it's just yeah, it's just accepted. Yeah, it'd be one thing if it, the whole point of the show was like, yeah, an old millionaire married a young model for sure. Then they could make jokes about it, but it's just like yeah, strange. And well, so that. Uh, before I get to your next pick, that actually makes me think of, because uh, it was on the, I have a list of people in a Frasier fan group, I'll keep everyone anonymous, just in case, <laughs> um, who listed their least favorite episodes, and one that came up a lot was Frasier and the Women, because there's an episode where Frasier, um, I think he's having a, sort of a crisis, because he, I think, breaks up with the uh, pr- when remember when Patricia Clarkson is on yes the perfect woman she's, yeah she's just fine and then Gene Smart's character Lorna or somebody right he decides he likes Lorna which makes no sense because he already decided he didn't like her in a previous season mm-hmm. but he has some sort of crisis and ends up going to his father's cabin where suddenly all of his ex-wives and every woman he's ever dated appears right and there's a shot where he opens the door and there's like 20 women there and mm-hmm. that shot for me I, it sticks with me I'm like how does he date? That's the universe Including again. Including the, the neighbor in the towel. <laughs> the neighbor in the towel. Um, yeah. That's, m- multiple models. That didn't bother me until recently I saw a tweet that was like, no way in the world can Frasier date this many attractive women. Like somebody just thought that that wasn't realistic. Yeah. I thought up till then they wrote it all sens- sensibly. Hmm. You know, people who are looking for love are constantly out there. And even Frasier constantly says I don't want to be set up with anybody he likes Mm -hmm. to meet people organically and so the writers always give him a a scenario in which he can meet someone like remember this woman randomly left him a voicemail oh uh, and he's like wow she sounds perfect for me I should go meet her at the airport and tell her her friend that she meant to call is not picking her up played by Linda Hamilton that's right Terminator that's right and then they realistically made it not work out because it's like hello this can't be that perfect just because we click doesn't mean my life is all set up to go run away with you that actually does lead into another very good episode which is when he meets the supermodel zoologist (laughs) played by Celia Ward I forgot (laughs) and no one believes him that he's dating a supermodel exactly so and that i like that nobody believes he's dating a supermodel Uh, yeah and my husband was saying you know the 
he didn't say the character of Fraser, but I'm going to say it. The character of Fraser <laughs> is not that attractive. No. I mean, I think it's okay if, you know, Kelsey Grammer is not your type. Obviously, sure. he's had p- partners in his life who find him beautiful. But um, but I don't think it's just about superficial looks. I think yeah. maybe when you're watching TV, that's what it's about. But if you're absorbed in the world, you understand that he's really a well-rounded, really great catch. Mm. He's got his own show. He's um, very sophisticated. He's got great taste. He's warm. He loves his family. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got everything set up for being a good catch Except, I guess, in that episode that people hate, he has to explore what's the psychology behind why I can't seem to hang on to somebody. Sure. Though, he's a bit self-absorbed for my taste. True. So. True. And yeah, and then sometimes they heighten, like, they turn up his persnickety Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I would, take, I would take a Niles any day. You should do an episode about, like, least favorite girlfriends that he's had, or relationship dynamics that he's had. Because I did not care for the one with Terry. Uh, Terry Hatcher. Hatcher. Yeah, that was that episode kind of reminded me of like early manic pixie dream girl where it's like her the fact that she, you know she's very pretty, that's a given, but like what makes her so quirky is that she has like OCD. <laughs> right. That's like her whole personality. And what, what attracts and then Niles discovers what attracts Frazier to her is that he can fix her or get, or get a chance to really flex his muscles, which I totally can relate to that. It's so funny to think about. Well, just like think about certain friends you hang out with who bring out a certain side of you. Sure. Like, oh, this person makes me feel hilarious, you know? I guess that's true. I didn't think of it that way. So, but in but in Fraser's case, it's to a fault. It's kind of like, okay, you don't really like them for them. You just like what they can do for you. But, uh, but yeah, I thought, I don't know. I think they're so clever. So in that one, Fraser and the women, I thought, yeah, it's a little heady and it doesn't change location. But no. you get to see the women be funny. Like, they give the women a lot of funny lines. I, le- I mean, I love Lilith. Lilith I always great. love a Lilith I even love uh, Rita Wilson as the mom. Like Rita Wilson? Yeah, yeah, as the woman that he dated that looked just like his mom. That episode was so funny. It was good. And, and it was – I also like sometimes the show does get earnest mm-hmm. in a way that to me is believable. Like yeah. how they all miss her mom. Like Hester. Yeah. And, and, and also like when Niles had the – the heart scare, oh. like how they all thought about traumatic times they were in the hospital. It's intense. Um, so, yeah. so on your list, we did talk about it briefly, but I am fully on board with you for disliking this episode or episodes. <laughs> so the so you said the ones with the lady from Designing Women and her bumbling son. I knew exactly what yeah. you're talking about. There is, is an episode called Passing Fancy. <laughs> Uh, uh, Frazier's study sessions with Lannis on Kirby are not going well which threatens his chances of ever seeing Claire again he learns that Kirby isn't studying because he's um, not over some girl and then basically prom if he gets good grades he promises that Roz will go to prom with Kirby right which in today's 2019 past the Me Too movement that doesn't work that's not happening they even try to acknowledge it she's like hey I'm not some bargaining chip but truly it's just beneath everybody I mean for me at the root of all of this, yeah, Kirby, I am not a fan as a character. He felt he just didn't even fe- – he definitely felt like a plot device, but, like, very obviously yeah. so. and a caricature. He was not realistic yeah. in any way. Like, like I feel like he was supposed to be, like, a dumb teenager, but he kind of had, like, a surfer vibe. I right. don't know. And it just right. – It did not click. It wasn't really matching up, which – and I think this is even before Frasier has his crisis where he decides he likes Lana. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, that doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, it just kept feeling like they were cramming Kirby down my throat. Like him again. I like how he saved the day, you know, in that I'm one episode. You. And I liked how he was – his, you know, his father came back to 
gets back together with Lana, and it happened to be someone that Frazier had given advice to informally sure. by accident. So then I liked when Kirby was like, you're, you're trying to break up my parents or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like that That was a little realistic in the teen whiny mode. But, sure. But anything else where he was just, yeah, the punchline, I just didn't care for it. So this feels like a good segue for uh, one of my least favorite picks because I feel like that felt weird when they end up making Frasier like um, Lorna. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when he and Roz get together? Yeah, I remember when they almost got together and didn't, and I was relieved. I loved that episode. I thought that was a great episode. And then they pretty much just forced them together without even warning me right. in a different episode. Now, I will say I like that after they slept together, like both acknowledged, especially Roz was like, it wasn't good. <laughs> it was not good, mm-hmm. uh, which I liked. But then um, there he gets together with uh, Laura Linney's care. Is it Laura Linney? No, it might be someone else. Oh, Laura Linney was one of his? Oh, yeah. Laura Linney was uh, one of the, I think is the final. Oh, good. She's woman. coming. Okay. Oh, right. So no, sorry. She's not in this episode. In this one, I believe it's Felicity Huffman. Oh, my gosh. Her too? Yeah. I really remember her. Fel- so this is, yep. So this is, the, the plot of this one is unsettled. Unsettled by Fraser's burgeoning relationship with Julia, played by Felicity Huffman, Roz reverses her decision to leave KACL, but issues an ultimatum to Fraser: dump Julia or they're no longer friends. Oh my gosh, this is like spoilers for me, even though I've already seen oh this no. top to bottom. No, I just, I'm, it's coming up. It's coming and like... Yeah, that doesn't sound like Roz, it does it? It doesn't sound like Roz. That was like, why? And like, it's so, when it happens, it really is this moment where they're in Fraser's uh, apartment and Roz is like... It's either her or me. And I was just like, this would never happen. I, know. I don't even get why they like why got that... together after they already had the organic moment where I... they almost slept together because they could see they you know you know how sometimes friendship does turn into like, oh, I really do care about you. Is this also a romantic feeling? And then you have to decide, no, not really. I've heard about it from other people. That's not been in your problem. You know, it's like I want. I want to say that I, it, in the end, it's good. I still have all of my male friends, but I, there were definitely girls growing up that it would happen to them a lot. Well, I think that in but my I mind, get what you're I haven't had that real like a, a real like uh, conversation with someone. But in my mind, if I'm getting along really well with a, um, what do you call it when you guys are neutral? Uh, platonic. platonic friend. Mm-hmm. I think if I was stranded on an island with this person, could sure. we ever fall in love? And then I think, yeah, I probably could. Oh. It's something like that. It's some weird, I don't know what that is. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. In the, I feel like, I'm trying to think if I've ever, there There are male friends of mine that I'm so close to that it almost feels like, I'm also, I'm also an only child. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly, I love what, being like, you're like my sibling. Yeah. You're like my cousin. And it's <laughs> like my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see what you mean. But yes, I, I would say I don't fully remember what led to all of this happening, but it definitely didn't feel... Roz yeah, is very well, chill, too. Mm-hmm. Like, her character before this. Like, to me, a Roz thing would be she would have moved on from, you know, ha- sleeping with Frasier on to the next thing and wouldn't... Right. And I... Yeah, for Roz's, I would just rewrite her whole life. Like, I loved how she was sexually empowered. Then when she had the kid scare, I love how she was like, well, this is new. Why don't I say yes to this and find out what happens? And mm-hmm. then she was a great mom because Ross has heart. Totally. And then she found the um, guy from – the bad guy from Ghost. Oh, and, and Scandal, obviously. He's oh, more known as the president that, from Scandal. The president from Scandal. I know who you're talking about. So he collects garbage and she has this like conflict like, I can't date a guy like this. But then she falls in love with him. I wish they would have just kept her with him. But for yeah. some reason they just broke up. Maybe because that actor they needed moved more, on to Scandal. They needed more plot. 
maybe to stay all the way through season 11 and didn't want to add another house regular or somebody but I, I just not. I don't know I just feel like she was on track to having grown as a person but then when that when that guy leaves then it's she's all over the place yeah she's all over the map I also found it hard to believe because I think she had an issue with him being a garbage man mm-hmm. that also doesn't seem like something because she talks about guys she dated in the past like she dated a guy who oh that was one of my favorite episodes when Fraser has to write a theme song for uh, his show <laughs> yes. and she's That's dating great. this musician who all he can't really play any instruments mm-hmm. and then he ends up playing the triangle exactly he, and, and did she have Alice at that point or not. No. Okay, so maybe she's just now looking for a father figure or something, and that's why she has standards. Maybe that's what the writers thought for her. But I, I like her being not elitist. Yeah, Me she's, too. She doesn't sweat that kind of small stuff. I'm a fan of that. Um, so I would say it, the thing about me, which we can get into for some of these fan picks, in terms of like least favorite episodes, m- most of them all fall post Niles and Daphne. I think for me that was like a lot of the drive – Mm-hmm. of me watching that show not that I didn't love watching all the farce but it seemed like like I'm gonna give you an example one of my least favorite episodes is on here and it's called and this was um pointed out to me by uh, a Frasier fan mm-hmm. which is uh Niles has a patient that falls in love with him via transference mm-hmm. which essentially is like this idea that you fall in love with your therapist mm-hmm. so he tells Daphne this and then wow I'm so proud of myself I'm doing this from memory and so, <laughs> and so she gets feels really threatened to the point that she starts stalking this woman and like ends up in her office yes, and I'm like I remember that doesn't it. feel like something she would do Roz was with her too Roz with her too but the B plot for this episode is uh, and it's on IMDb I thought it was caught in the act, uh, is, oh, it's called The First Temptation of Daphne. That's mm-hmm. the name of the episode. So the B-plot is, uh, and I'm going to read this directly from IMDb. Meanwhile, Fraser is taunted by a rather chirpy cricket. <laughs> that is his entire B-plot. There is a cricket in the apartment, and him and Martin are trying to get the cricket. Ah, uh, yes, that's like, right. And they come up with different ways to. That's right. And that bothered you? It didn't feel for me like a strong enough B-plot, if I'm being Interesting. F- fully honest. Because I have no problem with that. I even remember the, the button at the end was that they they bought a gecko to eat the cricket and kept him on a leash so he wouldn't run away. And while they're waiting for the gecko to do his work, the camera pans down to the end of the leash where it's, it leads right to Eddie's mouth. So it's like <laughs> everything that goes on in their household, I love like the day-to-day monotony stuff. I think I'm going to have to because I tend to go in cycles. I end up re-watching a lot of my favorite episodes fully out of order mm-hmm. between uh, season one and seven. Funny. And then, then I'll start all the way from the beginning, get uh-huh. to seven, and I'm like, Okay, let's do this. I have I really have not spent you that really much time. Really don't like 7. No, no. Oh no, I love 7. I mean, sorry, after season 7. Yeah. The end of season 7 uh is when uh Daphne runs off from Donnie. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we begin season 8. Even the Daphne Donnie. Oh my gosh, it is just great. But but wait, um Go on. Yes. No, I think uh, I didn't know if we finished your thought about the temptation of Daphne. Oh, you were saying the crickets is the crickets not strong. Felt like a weak B plot to me. Fine. If I'm being super annoying and picky, um, but the exception to all of this is uh, an episode I don't like. That's pre uh, season seven, which is there's something about Doctor Mary. Yeah, so, that was hard to watch the first time around. The second time around, I had a little more empathy for her. I think when I watched this episode the first time, I mean, I started watching the show in 
you know, I'm not going to say I appreciated it back then, but I was watching it when it was on. Cool. So Musty TV. Musty TV. And I didn't think about why this episode was so uncomfortable until I got much older. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, as many 90s sitcoms are, it's a very white show. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was an episode where they try and tackle race. Uh, and similarly <laughs> and white guilt in a way and white guilt definitely white guilt there's actually another episode that co- not necessarily coincides but that a lot of fans disliked which was the one about Bob there's an episode where Fraser tries to make friends mm-hmm. and he ends up making friends with a guy who happens to be in a wheelchair he doesn't like this guy <laughs> but yeah. he's afraid that if he says anything he's gonna think it's because of the wheelchair and why do people not like that one um I my guess I mean Bob is a very, in my opinion, I get why they don't like Bob. Bob yeah. is a very annoying character. They Everyone that wrote that they didn't like this episode called it, you know, Frasier and the Barbecue Guy. I love that guy. Is it, it's Don, not Dominic Dunn, but his son. Let me His look last name up. is Dunn. Griffin Dunn, I think is his name. Yeah. And he has been a caller, like he's called in before. Oh. I noticed because at the end of the season, they always give the headshots of the actors who called in. But. I think he plays that so well. He's so obnoxious. He's really good. And I do wonder if that's why, because when I think about it, I don't particularly love that episode. And it could be because he, he plays that character so well. Mm -hmm. Like I, like I love that they added the squeak of his wheelchair. So Mm -hmm. you knew he was coming. I don't necessarily think that was them (laughs) saying funny. And, but similarly, there's this thing of Frazier's like in the, the Dr. Mary episode, there was the white guilt. And then in this episode, it's like, a, a guilt yeah, about like, people that are disabled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ableist uh, ableism, I guess. But the Doctor Mary, <sighs> the Doctor Mary episode, I, I think probably the most cringeworthy part is when he um, tries to have a conversation with Martin, and they role play mm-hmm. of how he can talk to her about the fact that he doesn't really like her. And oh, then does he, Martin assume a black woman? No, Frasier does. Okay. Frasier pretends to be a black woman and does. Whew, a very I don't even remember that part. Comfortable just really cringeworthy him pretending his interpretation of a black woman and it was you've seen many many times on mad tv and like no i'm telling you i'm agreeing with you those are never fun to see and you've i've seen them through the years and there's even in 2019 a man that independently made his own film and has been pushing it and it's the loquisha Loquisha, yeah where yeah i saw the trail yeah he he is unable to get a job on a radio station so he pretends to be a black woman because black women are getting all the work these days of course this myth (laughs) and so um so yeah, I thought what you didn't like about There's Something About Mary is how she one-ups him, because that's what I don't like. Any character that's oh. new that comes on and is supposed to be getting more laughs than Frasier mm. is what bothers me. Interesting. He, his behavior is what gets the most laughs in my mind. Sure. And I also thought it was a little cringeworthy at the end when he comes clean about why he was jealous of her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not your place to be jealous. You know, like, yeah, it, it's yeah, just, yeah. and she shouldn't need to forgive that. For sure. Like, you're bigoted in yeah. some way, you, you know, like, you're, or you're entitled or whatever you call it. You're exercising your white privilege to squeeze me out. And right. luckily, she got another show. But I feel like she's way too forgiving of him in that moment. I fully agree with like you. Like, he says, uh, you know, I'm sorry I was such a jerk. It's just because I was this way. And she should say, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Like, you're an established professional. Right. Take a look in the mirror. You shouldn't be threatened by me. Like, yeah, in real world, that's what would have happened. But instead, she's like, oh, baby, that's okay. I got another show coming, so it's fine. Yeah. I thought, who in the world behaves that way? And they bring her back. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. They to, do. For the parade. The parade episode. And it's the same dynamic all over again. She, Basically. And she it steals is. steals his thunder. It also really is uncomfortable. I agree with you. Separately from that 
the cringeworthiness of that is the fact that he, as a character, is so visibly uncomfortable mm. through the whole thing, and mm-hmm. it's also very yeah, because it's like yeah, I don't like, and I don't like um, <sighs> yeah, the '90s way of handling race yeah was it appeared to be very progressive and Mm self-congratulatory like I think they thought they were doing it in the most open way possible but after you've already had all in the family it feels like a step backwards Mm. I don't know what happened in the 80s maybe dynasty or something like everything was just way too yuppie white and like you know conservatism was really popular but Blacks disappeared again. Yeah. And then when they resurfaced in the 90s, it was like, we're always very cool. We always have the last word. Mm-hmm. We're very funny. And and maybe it was that way too in the 70s, but at least in the 70s, it was like, we're still obviously discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the 90s, post-affirmative action, it was like, well, blacks now have an equal footing. So and it's like, we don't though. They still don't. You know, the thing that I wonder about too is like, I, you know, all in the family, perhaps I would have watched it if I had access to it, but it was on before me and I didn't have cable so I yeah, couldn't I watch had Nickel, it on yeah, Nick at Night is where I saw it I never had Nick at Night this mm-hmm. is why I watched Frasier because mm-hmm. it was on musty TV and mm-hmm. I didn't have cable but I'm curious especially with you know tackling race it's like I'm picturing a lot of writing rooms that were probably like all white too, well for sure yeah and but and it doesn't being white doesn't preclude you from caring about race for and sure. racial equality but it does predispose you to not needing to think about it at all sure so obviously and then there's flat out racist people out there let's not forget them who have their job and also like being racist so i think yeah it just makes it this the chance for actual representation and actual ways that black people think and talk and behave mm. and three-dimensional black characters, it just makes it that much harder for them to appear. But I wouldn't say that, um, I wish I remembered her name, because I performed on the Apollo stage when she was there. Um, The one who plays Dr. Mary from Living Single. Do you remember her name in real life? I can look it up. Fine. St. Clair from in (laughs) Living, excuse me, Living Single. I'm just going to look up. that's a show so that woman yeah i wouldn't say that she made a mistake taking on that role or any person of color who's been on seinfeld who kim coles kim coles yeah Mm -hmm. did a wonderful job with that character gave it tons of heart played the comedy up she got all her laughs you know like it's more of like you said uh is it black women writing her role i doubt it i don't think so it's hard to know i mean it'd be it'd be worth it to review who the writers were but i mean that's still the case for a lot of writer rooms today we know that we know that you have to be told when there's women and people of color. Oh, they've got to people. They've got to make it public. It's, it's like yeah, it's got to be yeah. exactly. I feel like now people openly are like, "Let's announce this." Yeah, because it's not a given. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I think it, it wasn't. I don't think as bad as Seinfeld was. Frasier wasn't for being an all-white cast. Sure. Well, Frasier also, um, and I've talked about this uh, in my episode, the queerness of Frasier. Mm-hmm. We're talking about. Um, sort of their handling of gay characters and gay plot lines. Yeah. I mean, uh, there were writers, including Joe Keenan, who is amazing, and he he's written many of probably our, both of our favorite episodes, mm-hmm. including The Ski Lodge. I love that episode. Oh, yeah. That's a big comedy of errors, right? Where all everybody's just interested in everybody yeah like i should a love triangle or love parallelogram i should send you i should send you an article there was one that just came out that um somebody wrote for daily beast basically talking in honor of pride um and he's a queer writer it was like he talked about why frazier's one of the gayest shows ever in like a good way right but joe keenan was a 
is a gay uh, writer from the show? Yeah, an executive producer. Interesting, because I thought it wasn't handled well with regard to Gil, like always wanting him to come out of the closet. Oh, the Gil, I will say I was disappointed in the f- how they sort of, what happened with Gil's character, but specifically... Uh, there's an episode, I think it's called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which won a GLAAD award. Mm-hmm. And that was the episode where um, the, there's a station manager that Fraser wants to set Daphne up with who's gay mm-hmm. and thinks that he's asking for, like, Fra- he thinks Fraser's gay and right. he's asking him out on a date. Right. And then Martin has to pretend to be. That's a different episode that's where a Martin. Different episode? There are multiple episodes. Oh, okay. There are multiple episodes. That's the other one where, oh, yeah, that's where Martin doesn't want to date a woman. So he yes. pretends to so be he gay, to be and then gay. she tries to fix him up with her gay friend. Out with dad. Yeah, and I know. then Niles ends up coming over, and he, Martin pretends that he's his young lover. It's so bizarre. I know too much. Um, there, okay, yeah. So sometimes they did it well, and other times I think just don't stand the test of time. Like the misogynist jokes against Raj. Like of all course. The, Roz, yes. all the slut shaming. Bulldog doesn't work today. as a character. <laughs> yeah, Bulldog in general being misogynist, that's not cute. Uh, Definitely and not then cute. Gil trying to force him out of the closet or not taking him for his word when he says he's heterosexual is just like, you know. Sure. It's just, it's trying to say that like, oh, he's clearly a closet case and that's to be uh, judged, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, unless it's instead of being, having compassion around it, you know? I know what you mean. Um, so I've got uh, some fan uh, least favorites here uh, that I would uh, love to get into. And I've got some really fun comments I enjoy on some of these episodes. So there's an episode um, that I saw a few people posted in the comments about least favorite episodes. I yeah. want to show you the picture for this, <laughs> see if it ring any bells. So, oh, my gosh. So it doesn't at all. It must be. There's an episode called Caught in the Act that's from season 11. I'm looking at Roz in a green beret that clapping. Is, that is actually his ex-wife played by his, I believe it might be his first ex-wife, played by Lori. Oh, man. I'm Not Lori, Lori Metcalf. Metcalf. It is Lori Metcalf. What? Places, wow. places this at, is further than I am yet then, so isn't it? There's Season a, 11, yeah, I'm not there yet. And oh, then Fraser is dressed as a baby. As a baby, he's topless and he's got a baby bonnet on and a big diaper. All right, so then this is going to really freak you out. So this person posted they didn't like Caught in the Act. The one where he's doing it with his ex-wife, who we've barely heard about, and then ends up on stage in a baby costume. <laughs> oh, what? fuck off, oh, Fraser. Because she has... So I won't ruin the whole plot for you. Thank I will you. just say that uh, she has a children's show. Okay. That as his ex-wife has a children's show and she goes by Nanny G. Okay. Is she also supposed to be the hippie from Frasier and the Women that he picks up on the side of the road? If that's the case, then it's very confusing. Because that, so that character's played by not by Laurie Metcalf. Exactly. And it's, her, I felt like they introduced her out of nowhere and only in that episode. They're yeah. Like, oh yeah, he had a first wife and here right. she is. And, and he, you're like, who cares? You barely hear about her. Um, I will just say that there is a very cringeworthy scene that involves him uh, dressed as a baby, pretending to be a baby. Oh, my That's that's all I'll tell you. Oh, that's so hard to think about. I know. It is very hard. uh, It's it's very hard to think about. Um, So, oh, okay. There is a a, somebody's name kept coming up uh, that people don't like. Any episodes with Anne Hodges, which didn't ring a bell to me. But then I found this episode. This is also after your time after your time rats okay so this is another season 11 so ann hodges is a character uh, this is a friend of Roz who is divorced feels very much like a stereotype of a woman who is divorced and desperate for love Mm -hmm. and basically Roz tries to set this woman ann hodges up with fraser because he hasn't been with a woman in a long time. Mm-hmm. And Roz refers to her as, oh, while you're looking for Miss for Miss Wright, he, this is a placeholder for mm. you. Which, 
as a concept, I really don't like. Right. Why she, would you do that to your friend? Right. And I've also noticed she's age appropriate for him too. <laughs> and I honestly feel like they that is part of her not appeal. Mm-hmm. That she's like a woman that I would say probably matches up to him mm-hmm. attractiveness wise. Because usually... Well, the, can I see this character? So you'll, you would recognize her. her. She was actually on... SNL, Julia Sweeney. Oh, Julia Sweeney. Yes. Yeah, so and Hodges she, is the character. And she's so funny. Julia Sweeney's so funny. And I think she's just like very misused in this in her plot line as Anne Hodges. Like yeah, Anne Hodges. I guess I'll have to watch the comedic tone of it. To yeah. Because she's so good at comedy. She kind of plays like a naggy, like desperate divorcee who's okay. like and oh and well, maybe that's why the audience wants her to be a placeholder they don't yeah, want her to be with him long term because you're right like so her episode is the placeholder um and yeah so, the, so somebody says any episode with Anne Hod- oh she makes <laughs> yeah uh a- anything with Anne Hodges and her god-awful ravioli because apparently <laughs> she can't cook and that's like a really that's supposed to be funny that's a big issue okay um okay so they're they, oh. i never liked that they didn't let daphne be a good cook i think oh yeah i think the henpecked husband trope of like oh this woman can't do her domestic duty is so stupid but maybe they thought it was funny because she's in home care so maybe she should know how to, or is it because she's british so i kind of got the idea that it was a british thing yeah that they were making fun of one time she even goes i made you guys a shepherd's pie and they're like oh but that'll be good and i'm like shepherd pie is delicious i love shepherd's pie shepherd's pie is the best and then she uses it to her advantage sometimes which i love like she tries to get them out of the house when she wants to have a date so <laughs> right. she says she's making haggis yeah yeah, yeah. which yeah. is like stomach so like yeah that would get me out of the house yeah well that's funny british cuisine that we aren't used to is one thing but i guess shepherd's pie they hadn't had here in the states yet or at least not in seattle that's right but i love it so not surprisingly there are a lot of a lot of picks from people from post season eight it is it <laughs> truly is not a surprise to me All right. so i want to i wanted to pick one that i considered controversial and uh, there were a few people that picked i just love the, the the name of this episode which i think you've seen it's called raz and the schnoz oh i liked raz and the schnoz they didn't like that i one? did too That's season five that is season five i was trying to see and i actually asked in the comments this morning why people didn't like that episode although i could guess why you know, I'd like to hear what. Why would you? Why do you think people wouldn't like that episode? Well, I think picking out a big nose is uh, kind of synonymous with anti-Semitic commentary. The way picking out big lips is is synonymous with oh. like discriminatory against blacks. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like if you have a natural feature that happens not to fit in with another culture, like a racial group, mm-hmm. then. That's not that funny. But in this episode, they didn't make them Jewish, I don't believe. No. They would know better. Hello. I think so. But also, they made them bigger than any normal person's nose. Right. They could have done the ears. They could have. There are no cultures known for their huge ears. Part of me wonders if they picked nose because there were so many jokes. Yeah. And the word schnoz, isn't that Yiddish or, excuse me, I don't (laughs) know know if it's Yiddish, but it sounds like, uh, like Jewish shorthand. Hello, I'm not Jewish, he- listeners. Hebrew. I, I, it's, I can't be My Hebrew, mother's Jewish, listeners, and oh, that means goodness. I'm Jewish. And I think it's very sweet that you said excuse me after you said Yiddish, because that's a thing, Yiddish. But I get... It is a language, but I don't know if I'm... You, you don't know, know if it? There is a difference between, like, you know... I know you, you hear words coming up. Sure. 
I get it. What I'm saying is it makes sense. If schnaz is a Jewish thing, I could understand why it would be because you've got the word like schlep. Yes. Like, um, you know. Schmear. Schmutz. You schmutz. got schmutz on your face. So is schnaz Jewish? I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe. Um, but I could understand if, and, and the other thing is it's very much picking on somebody for having a big nose. Right. Um, but I did really love this episode. It was, yeah, it was funny just to see people trying not to point it out when it's so obvious. Yes. And the people didn't even, the, the, the people with the big noses did not point out themselves that they have big noses. I also like the gag on any episode in that show where there's something going on and people are like telling secrets about something in the kitchen yes. as if you couldn't hear them. <laughs> there's no door. There's like, there's no like walls. Everything's like a shelf. You'd right. be able to hear anything and I just love that. In real life. Yeah. That's, to me, that's what makes it feel very theater-ish. Yes. Is, yeah, the fact that, you know. Yeah, no, it's just you can't your disbelief anything. on, yeah. Or how long people disappear into the bathroom when They'll they're They'll even waiting. have asides in the same room with each other oh sure you know, yeah like on separate pouring the sherry while someone's sitting on the couch and they'll say it and you're like it's a it's a it's a sitcom gag i've seen on other shows like friends is, a, is another good example mm -hmm. where when people are like i need privacy and they're like okay and they'll like turn around <laughs> can't hear you anymore right you that's one of my now. that's one of my favorites okay so people didn't care for a Roz and the schnoz um i think we have time for one more uh let's see so a lot of people picked cracktails. Oh, this is I think this is before your time. Mm -hmm. But I want to show you some important pictures from this web or from this episode. So okay. cracktails is the penultimate episode of the show okay. because the the final the series finale was two parts. So this episode cracktails was fully a flashback episode. Fraser finds Those are hard. I don't like flashback episodes. But here's the twist on it. Mm -hmm. So it's so Fraser finds an earthenware crock in his kitchen that brings back memories. Um so this is uh, they recreate the flashbacks as oh, in this is not strange. a flashback episode where they're go they're looking at old oh footage. here's greatest clips not at all this is uh to me so the older people have to don fake right. wigs it so looks like this so um this episode i didn't necessarily care for until anthony oliveira uh who has been on this podcast twice um who i love mm -hmm. i'm trying to find you pictures he calls this the wig episode because of all the wigs sure that they, you yeah it. in order to recapture their younger selves oh like this one if you can't tell oh they've added they've, uh, extensions they, to fraser right. to give him longer hair and it's so uncomfortable because it's like these <laughs> it's characters are obvious. 11 years older yeah and the wigs are just the worst <laughs> and that's why i love it <laughs> Wig the wig episode it's great so for me okay i look forward to cocktails Ooh, that is funny cocktails is fully my favorite um yeah i but yeah I, anything that takes you out of the realness of the, the world is hard absolutely but you know listeners if anyone again is feeling offended this comes all from a place of love I mean, I feel like this show is is a family, is a is a sibling to me. So obviously, you're not going to like everything about your sibling, but you love them. You're such an only child that even a show is your sibling. Oh my god, that's the first time I've ever said that. But yeah, I am. Are you an only child? No, I have uh, an older sister and two older brothers. So, as a person with siblings, out of curiosity, as we wrap up, mm -hmm. uh, do you ever? Like when you watch the show and you did say you happen to love the dynamic between Frasier and Niles, mm -hmm. does it ever make you think of the fact that you have siblings or sibling rivalry or it's just a separate thing that you like? You're not like, that's just like me and my sister. 
it doesn't I think because they're men it, I don't immediately think of my relationship with her but I will say there are parallels for sure like they're very close they like to spend time together as adults they have common interests I feel that way about my sister okay uh, we're not competitive because our strengths are completely different mm-hmm. I just don't think of myself as competitive with her at all and, and I and I'm in the constant like looking up to her mode still so mm-hmm. and she admires me and she always tells me that she's proud of me and stuff like that but I still am like wow goals you know like how she behaves in the workplace and how empowered she is and yeah she's a go-getter she's awesome that sounds wonderful yeah i like that lady she knows it though she's already heard this and this is right you have that and tv shows are my siblings and i also like to call all my friends my my siblings but imagine she went into comedy that would be pretty competitive that would and be fraser re- and his brother are both psychiatrists that yes which provides a really great place to start with uh with all the competition i'm sure you've said this in your t- Two seasons, now third. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how amazing is it that Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce resemble each other? Oh, it's insane. I love that. It's crazy. And there, and even, like, I watched an old episode just because someone told me to watch an episode of Cheers that's, uh, like, starring Frasier, basically. Mm-hmm. He, young Frasier looks very much like Niles. Wow. Because he's, like, he's he's thinner, for sure, and he has more hair, and it's... It's a bit jarring, and it's, it's it makes a joke make more sense because there's an episode where Sam from Frasier or from Cheers comes on the show uh-huh. on Frasier, and he makes a joke the first time he sees Niles that's something to the effect of like, "Wow, like you know, this is your doppelganger," mm-hmm. and that joke didn't really make sense until I watched an old episode, and that's I was like, "So cool! Oh my god, it's it is." Did frightening David Hyde Pierce ever appear on uh, Cheers as a random patron? He didn't, but uh, Martin did. Cool. Yeah, I love that crossover stuff. Like, because these are just working actors, you know. Oh yeah, I see it a lot in Murder She Wrote and Dynasty. I noticed, like, now that I'm getting back into, I tried to get back into Dynasty. I couldn't make it all the way through. Is Murder She Wrote on Netflix? It's on Amazon Prime Video now. It used to be on Netflix. I think that might be a good show for me to check out. I'm so loyal to it. I probably I'm in my fifth version of watching it top to bottom wow i'm now memorizing the titles which i wish i couldn't because i like forgetting who did what so that i can watch it again but when it went off netflix um i watched it on youtube and so mm-hmm. i had to watch it cropped and sped up and then it came on prime again and it's like and it's all its beautiful glory and hd so i love it i can't wait i'm definitely gonna check it out you have to if you can believe it uh we have not gotten through every single uh least favorite episode of yours mine and fans oh, sorry, of guys. but but Hey, maybe we'll do a second episode. Who knows? Yeah, part two. Yeah. Do you like this episode? Do you want to hear more about least favorite episodes? Leave a comment when this episode comes out. <laughs> Tweet me at Anita Jutina. Um, But Abby, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for letting me nerd out about Frasier. I'm so glad you it's did. It's a great show. Um, is, there, is there anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Everybody, we can uh, tell jokes together on Twitter. You can follow me at Curly Comedy or on Instagram at Curly Comedy. And if you'd like to see me perform live, I'm in New York City and hopefully we'll be appearing on television soon. I believe it. Fingers crossed. Hey, they're doing that Frasier reboot or maybe revival. I know. I wish I had just said positive things so that if anybody does any research and hears this, they will be like, oh, she's the woman that gets us. She needs to be hired to be Mary, Dr. Mary's uh, niece. Or I could see you being a good um, like producer. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually on the show? 
like a, a like like playing, oh you mean in the radio station yeah like playing a producer yeah. I don't know who's producer but someone's hey producer. I would just love to bump in the Fraser in the hallway on the way to the vending machine I would I would like to be I've said this multiple times if anyone's listening I would happy to just be an extra at Cafe Nervosa oh you know who didn't mention is uh, Mercedes Rule as his boss and they also had like a love. Do you oh, remember I she had dark hair? Not really. I loved their chemistry. I just loved her arc. She was only in a few episodes. Mercedes Rule? I'll, yeah, I'll and look then her she up. was the mom on Big. But anyway, oh, uh, the I'll fact that it didn't uh, work out between them, like the way it had to end, was oh, oh. so sad. Recap. Well, um, okay, yes, I do. Oh, I love her. Oh, my Wasn't God. Kate. Great? Oh my God, I'm obsessed with Kate. I could talk about her forever. Um, but on that note, uh, thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And thanks for being here, Abby. Good night, Seattle. Stay tuned for a new episode of I'm Listening on November 26th, where my guest will be Elliot Glazer.